really thought, my friends, we're going to get into Joe Biden paying illegal immigrants $450,000 to come here or not. Who knows? Joe can't make up his mind. He needs to change his diapers. Who knows? We're going to talk about the ugly, nasty, despicable bottom feeding left and their intimate relationship with bigotry and not soft bigotry, just raw in your face ugly as uh, burning across on someone's lawn racism of the left today racism of the left bigots all we're going to look at uh, the media credibility i really shouldn't say those in the same sentence and the kyle rittenhouse case and the kyle rittenhouse trial the other mccain has done a phenomenal job exposing the media for frauds on this one and shows how they paint the narrative they want into hell with the facts. And we're going to have some economic common sense I'm going to pass on to you that is so needed right now. Uh, but again, we have Team Biden, so common sense is kind of out of the picture until the next presidential election. Uh, so we're going to have some tough times ahead, my friends. But maybe these ideas, if this country can wake up and stop voting with feelings and start voting with brains, maybe we can get to a point where we can get some some economic good news from the government. As in, they're going to stop trying to fix everything, which ends up them fucking everything up. Excuse my French. All that and more, my friends, today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagen. So let's kick this pig, my friends, and talk about this piece from the hill I found while I was cruising around on the uh, this thing called the Internet. Al Gore invented it while he was saving polar bears from extinction and, and climate catastrophe, I think. But... Uh, this piece is by a Republican, uh, Brian Steele, a Republican uh, a representative from the state of Wisconsin, known obviously for cheese and sausage and sausage and cheese. I don't know which came first, but whichever it was, Wisconsinites were eating it and cheering on the Packers and the badges. Come on, badges. Uh, before, uh, before any of us were ever born. And the piece is entitled, Shrinking the Role of Government is Needed to Get the Economy Back on Track. You think? You see, since Team Numbnuts took over, Team Biden, ever since that train wreck got rolling, everything they've done has basically involved them taking a couple of steps and kicking the American economy and American workers in the nuts as hard as they can repeatedly. Uh, when team Biden says I'll Rochambeau you for it, don't say yes. And here we go. This piece by this representative, he writes, Congress is gearing up to spend over $2 trillion on what is being labeled as a Get ready for this, folks. Talk about spin. Here you go. Transformative agenda to provide for the American people. First, here's the first red flag. When Congress people or any politician really talks about transformative run, 
whenever they mention that they are doing something, in this case, providing for the American people, run like hell and make sure your wallet's with you, because that means higher taxes, everything's going to cost more, it's going to hurt the job market, hurt the economy, inflation, just keep going and going. This stuff does not work. It never has worked. It never will work. But the woke people don't get the whole work thing. Woke and work, they don't go together at all. <coughs> In reality, he continues, Speaker Pelosi and President Biden are planning a radical expansion of our government, which will, of course, require more taxes because of the more spending. And no matter how much they tax, they never tax enough to keep up with their spending. And they never remember that when they cut taxes, revenues to the government increase. They make more in taxes when they cut taxes because people actually can expand their businesses, uh, open a second location, third location. It helps the whole damned economy. Because what you're doing is what Jefferson, his ideal, and his paraphrasing the great Thomas Jefferson, he basically said, uh, prevent people from harming each other. Otherwise, in their business ventures and, and things of that nature, leave them the hell alone. Get government out of the way. And of course, Thomas Jefferson has been dead a long time, and he's still smarter than all of Congress put together. But this radical expansion of our government will, of course, raise your taxes. Doesn't matter if the rate for you actually you go up, they're still going to go up. When one American gets hit with higher taxes, somewhere down the road, they're going to hit other people with it. Guarantee you that. And they're going to pay for their social spending plans. They maintain their proposal will promote strong economic growth. Where have we heard that before? Where? Pretty much, yeah, Clinton, Obama, any liberal has ever held the office Anytime Congress is under control of the Democrats, we hear it. Oh, we're going to take care of your economic growth. My God, it'll huge, huge growth. Yeah, tumors grow to be large, too. That's not necessarily a good thing. The only thing growing is government intervention and control in our economic and then, of course, private lives, which is never good. Now, they can say all day long, folks, the economic growth will create jobs. And it'll cost nothing. Okay. I may be naive, but when you talk about passing a bill that spends, calls for $2 trillion, in fact, more than $2 trillion, how can you say that costs nothing? It costs two, $2 trillion plus dollars. And God knows how much it'll actually cost. And the raising taxes cost you money. So basically, they're just walking up to you, poking in the eye, kicking your crotch, and saying, it's for your own good. However, every American knows this proposal will cost the government trillions of dollars and increase already rising prices. So even if you do make more money, if prices keep going up, inflation... And they're just throwing money into the economy right now, which, of course, causes inflation. See Venezuela. 
That's where it leads. People standing in line for toilet paper. People standing in line. Hell, they probably are standing in line to stand in line for toilet paper by now in Venezuela. That's what inflation does. Sure, you have more money in your pocket, but it's worth less and less. So you end up spending more to get less at the grocery store. But that won't cost you a thing. Sound like a plan you want to you have forced on you? Simply spending taxpayer dollars will not generate the type of economic growth we need right now. In fact, creating new government programs will inevitably lead to more individuals staying at home on the sidelines. That ain't a good thing. Unless you're staying at home and working from home and generating wealth and income for yourself, it's a terrible idea. Our government's policy and fiscal actions must focus on expanding access to capital, providing flexibility for investment, and allowing small businesses to address the unique needs of their workers and communities. In other words, as Jefferson, I'm going to paraphrase, stay out of the way. You're a moron. Stay out of the way. You're screwing things up. Stay out of the way. Let the adults in the room work and run their businesses. You'll watch and see the economy. Remember what happened under Trump. Just remember, buddy, he sent mean tweets, so he had to go. Ah, the stupid voters in this country sometimes. 81 million morons voted for Biden. That's a lot of stupid people to deal with, folks. I hope a lot of them have woken up, truly woken up. Not woke, but have awakened to reality. Uh, Better targeting government assistance instead of bluntly expanding its size and scope, which is kind of what they do it's just okay we're gonna we're gonna put this uh what's what's the old expression throw enough spaghetti against the wall see what sticks that's what doing okay well we need more money this hasn't worked so let's put a billion dollars more hundred million dollars more in it's just the taxpayers money and just keep doing that if it doesn't work it doesn't work if it works do that more if it doesn't work do that a lot less common sense But the left has no common sense. Everything to them is their ideology. It has to fit that ideological uh, place that makes them feel good. Oh, look what I'm doing. Yeah, you're actually hurting people in the long run. Uh, I'll I'll give an example here. Uh, We first moved in here. There was a dog, brown dog, kind of a, a retriever type dog, good dog. And he kind of, I guess, was a neighborhood dog. The neighbors said he slept over there, so he was kind of their dog. But uh, he was great for a couple years. But uh, he's getting older. He's looking worse and worse every time you see him. And, of course, your initial reaction is what? Feed him. Now, I can't catch him to get him in the car, take him to the vet. Because I don't know what he's got, and I can't get sick. Um, I can't get anyone else sick here. But I'm the only one doing anything for the dog. But by feeding him, what am I really doing? I'm really just prolonging the inevitable. Because no one else around here is feeding him. Okay, I feed him, see him in a day or two, and he looks worse. Maybe he's lost a pound, I don't know. So I'm not really helping. 
I'm actually hurting. And I realized that the other day and I decided that, uh, well, if it was up to me, I would take and, uh, take a walk in the woods with the dog, if you know what I'm saying. And, uh, I would put him out of his misery because that's likely the best thing. But I know if I did that, one of these neighbors who has refused to do anything for the dog to help the dog try it all, they'd be calling the sheriff's department. They'd go, they're shooting. I think you shot a dog. And I'd probably get in, in buku trouble for it. So uh, there you go. It's kind of like liberals. They don't want to really help, but they want to try to get other people who do want to do it the right way. And you're not really helping by feeding the dog that's slowly going downhill. You may be giving him some comfort, but you're actually not helping the, the greater situation. And the situation I'm in, I can't legally do it. Uh, I did call animal control, and I think they have uh, they have got him. I haven't seen him in two or three days. So anyway, maybe the, not the best example, but you see my point. Sometimes helping doesn't really help uh this uh, piece continues again this is from wisconsin representative brian Steele. policies to grow the economy like tax reform which we're never going to get we should have a long time ago in this country simplified it everyone pays the same rate here's your personal withholding for you and every dependent you get x amount of dollars and every april 15th you take what you made you write out a check for minus your your withholdings minus your your dependents and yourself those personal exemptions minus that you pay 10 percent to the government let's say and you know what you bought a house you have this you have great you ought to pay the same rate everybody i don't care what you invest in that's great but because you're paying a mortgage you shouldn't pay less than taxes your taxes should be lower they should be flat. They should be one rate. You should get a, a good amount for personal exemptions, as in your child, uh, your husband or wife, apparently, whatever kind of dependent you're taking care of financially, you should get money for those exemptions. Otherwise, pay 10%. That would be way too simple. And think of all the rules that would be gone. Think of all the loopholes that people, the way people cheat on taxes. A good many of those would be gone, so you could shrink the IRS. You wouldn't need the enforcement because how are you going to break rules that aren't even there? Now, there'd still be some people who would try to make everything under the table. There's still going to be those people, and they uh, they could get in trouble for what they don't do correctly. But the more simple, the better. Simpler equals better, period. Uh, again, remember, tax reform. They encouraged investment in our workforce and created record wage and growth under Trump, the mean tweeter. 2018 and 2019, there was record growth in wages for women, blacks, Hispanics. Right now, we are watching rising prices outpace wage growth for workers and seeing labor force participation stagnate with businesses unable to fill vacancies. The $1.9 trillion in so-called COVID-19 relief passed earlier this year. It was a direct cause of this. Yet we are still watching Congress debate the need to pass another massive spending bill that, unlike 
previous packages explicitly intended to expand government permanently. And even if it wasn't meant to make it permanent, it would become permanent. Like everything else the government does, it never really goes away. <coughs> it just ups, eats up more and more of our resources. And yes, folks, this is unsustainable. Understand that. And, you know, write your congressman. The best thing you can do is vote. Vote, 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 vote Democrats out. They are absolutely killing this country. And for a lot of them, it's all too deliberate, my friends. Now let's talk about Winsome Sears. She is the uh, lieutenant governor-elect of the great state, the Commonwealth of Virginia. And... As I like to say, Virginia voters, let's make Virginia, Virginia again. You know, the land of our, so many of our founders, the great thinkers and wise men that created this great nation. But Katie Pavlich has a piece up at Town Hall that uh, I don't know if anything has made me have a more visceral reaction when I first heard a news story, the possibility that, that something may be true, than this one. She writes, last week on Town Hall, she's writing this, news broke that the Department of Justice was getting ready to pay illegal immigrants separated from others claiming to be family members $450,000 each. The Biden administration is in talks to offer immigrant families that were separated during the Trump administration uh, around $450,000 a person in, in compensation, according to people familiar with the matter, as several agencies work to resolve lawsuits filed on behalf of parents and children who say the government suggested them to lasting psychological trauma. Actually, when Trump said, don't come here and you came here anyway, and you knew your child would be separated from you, if you want to know who to blame for your pain and suffering and your child's psychological trauma, which I'm sure they had, two things. First, you're a suck as a parent. You're cruel as a parent, and you're unfit to be a parent. But besides all that, if you want to know who to blame, find a mirror. Uh, that's a horrific way for parents to uh, do that. The U.S. Department's of justice, homeland security, and health and human services are considering payments uh, that could uh, could amount to close to one million dollars a family. Where so you're not going to do it for American citizens hurt by COVID. You're not going to do it for people who uh, you know were horrifically wounded in in combat for the United States. You're not going to do it for police officers or fire or people anything like that. No. You're only going to do it for people who broke into country illegally and abused their children while they were doing it. And uh, I don't know. You could also blame the Democrats who work like hell to make sure that this country is being flooded with legal immigrants. And isn't it interesting? The language only only says that were separated during the Trump administration. What about the ones that were separated during Obama's administration? Because that policy was in place before Trump and President George W. Bush's administration, and Clinton's administration. How far back are you going to go? And are you going to go forward with it? And what about Americans who are in need? 
who've never broken a law in their life. How about those people? I guess they're not worth it, right? Uh, though the final numbers could shift, the people familiar with the matter said that the amount could come close to a million dollars per family. So now we're going to make families millionaires for breaking into country illegally. Who doesn't like that, right? Most of the families that crossed the border illegally from Mexico to Zika Asylum in the U.S. included one parent and one child, the people said. Many families would likely get smaller payouts depending on their circumstances, the people said. Well, that should work out well. After remarks the White House at the White House Wednesday, President Joe Biden was asked about that plan. He said very clearly the reporting was garbage and that payments weren't happening. In fact, he said, that's not going to happen. So, of course, that made you feel better, didn't it? That the president stand up and said, no, that's just not going to happen. But according to the ACLU, the payments aren't gone. They're not fiction. They're actually very real. The ACLU tweeted this. Biden may not have been fully briefed about the actions of his own DOJ as it carefully considered the crimes committed against thousands of families. Uh Uh-huh. Enforcing our border laws is now committing crimes against families trying to come into country illegally. But if he follows through on what he said, the president is abandoning a campaign promise to do justice for separated families. Justice. The ACLU continued, we respectfully remind President Biden that he called these actions criminal, the border policies under under Trump, in a debate within President Trump and campaigned on remedying and rectifying the lawlessness of the Trump administration. Lawlessness by enforcing laws, that's now lawlessness according to the, uh, the trash at the ACLU. We call on President Biden to right the wrongs of this national tragedy. So, is Biden lying? Biden telling the truth? How much? And where will we get the money? Oh, I forget. Money just grows on trees now. Not good for the country, my friends. Now, Winsome Sears is a lot of things. Former Marine, a veteran. Uh, recently elected to uh, as the Virginia's new lieutenant governor beginning next January, the first woman and the first woman of color to serve in that position. Uh, and one of the things she said was that she was at a loss for words for the first time in my life when she was addressing supporters on election night. What you are looking at is the American dream, the American dream. Of course, the left hates her. She's black. She's a woman. She's a veteran. And she served in the state assembly, I believe it is. Uh, House of Delegates she surfaced, uh, She served in. She's done all that. And, and a veteran, a Marine, and the left is basically labeling her a white supremacist. One of the nastiest accusations you could ever make. Of course, nasty people like Merrick, Michael Eric Dyson and Joy Reid and other trailer trash. Uh, I don't care how much money they make, they're trailer trash to me. Uh, when they treat people like this, 
over political reasons. It's it's absolutely trashy. Uh, of course, she's challenged Joey Reed. She'll come on the show and debate her anytime. Miss Sears, I admire you for your for your pluck and your courage, but you know as well as I do that invitation ain't never coming because Joy Reed has no ideological spine and no ground to stand on, and she's not going to get uh, beaten up and embarrassed on her own show. And neither neither is uh, Michael Eric Dyson, uh, who couldn't uh, couldn't win a debate with a flea. Frankly, uh, Dyson's one of these clowns that. He's a professor at Georgetown. He talks about racism and says a bunch of flowing words. And he sounds so intelligent and wise. And you realize after listening to him for a few minutes, he's really not saying a damn thing. He's just making up words and gesticulating and pontificating and uh, embellishing and all kind of words that don't mean anything because he's just a muckraking race pimp. And uh, I hope, I hope that Winsome Sears continues her rise. And I hope that uh, more and more Americans will look at a person like Sears and say, yeah, she's black. She's a veteran. And maybe more and more Democrats will listen to her or more and more black people listen and start leaving the Democratic plantation of enforced ideals and ideas where you're a number, your skin color matters, and nothing else, and your vote, and your donation. Otherwise, they have no use for you. And Winsome Sears is a person, I think, who realizes that. And hopefully, hopefully soon, my friends, uh, we'll start losing this idea that America has to be uh, a country that uh, is consistently and constantly raked over the coals of racism, no matter how many times they've been fixed, no matter how many sins America fixes, the left will always fixate on the sins and pretend that they either still exist or are actually worse today than they were. And yes, they'll call a black woman a white supremacist or insinuate that she's supporting white supremacists. And speaking in code, of course. Speaking in dog whistles. It's amazing. All these dog whistles the left has been claiming to hear for decades now. And my dogs, they've never heard them. Because they don't exist. Just more leftist lies about America. And now let's get to how awful, I mean awful, I mean, worse than Joy Reid, awful, is our media in their complete and utter malpractice of their uh, supposed passion for journalism and investigating and reporting and sharing facts and knowledge and, and getting people the, the stories they need to make decisions about voting and everything else. The media reports what they want for the most part, and it's about ratings, and it's about getting from being a reporter to getting your own studio show and getting the big bucks. It's about a lot of things, and it's about social justice, and a lot of leftist people come out of college and pretend they're journalists, and they use that position to advocate and be an activist for leftist policies instead of just reporting the news. 
and we're going to look at uh, what the other McCain has found, and it's pretty devastating about, concerning spe uh, specifically the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, which is now, I believe, in its eighth day. So uh, we're going to look at that, my friends, right after I take a small break. But you, because of the magic of Anchor by Spotify, will never know I'm gone. That's right. I can do magic. Watch. And I'm back and you didn't even miss me. See, it's magic, people. Uh, the other McCain has a great, great, great piece out. I put it on the Daily Gator blog, a fairly lengthy post about it. Please go read it all. It is at theothermccain.com. Let's discuss the media shameless dishonesty in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. <clears throat> now, this was a 17-year-old kid. He had an AR-15. He went to the Kenosha riots to try to keep peace, protect people. Uh, really, the kid was uh, cleaning graffiti off of things. But he met up with some bad people. He was attacked. His claim, he's on trial, and he's claiming self-defense. He's charged with uh, two attempted murders, or two murders and one attempted murder. Two people shot were, were, were no longer with us now, and the other one uh, was wounded but is still alive and has testified at the trial. But he has claimed self-defense. There's plenty of video evidence showing that it was self-defense. Uh, he was attacked. One, one of the... Uh, people he shot even pulled a firearm on him uh the other one hit him in the head with a skateboard tried to take him out that way and it's pretty clear this should not have even gone to trial but because of politics and liberal da's it did and you had one episode of the judge i mean taking the prosecuting attorney to the woodshed over some of his antics. Uh, you should, uh, the link to that is also in this post by the other McCain. Uh, the judge was not happy with the, uh, the prosecuting attorney. And let me tell you what, he took a good five pounds out of that DA's ass. But anyway, as the other McCain writes, everyone is now talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. But there's a larger story that is being overlooked, namely the media's role in bringing about this politically motivated prosecution, which they are now misreporting to their audiences. Again, the media has a job. It's called journalism. They report. They give you facts. They dig. They investigate. They look into things. And they give you the information they find out. Too often now, it's agenda-driven. It's activist-driven. A lot of these... Uh, journalist, if you will, with air quotes, are basically social justice warriors looking to use their position as a reporter to give you their opinion, not facts, and to decide for you. <clears throat> After watching CNN, the other McCain writes, on Tuesday, I turned the TV Wednesday to MSNBC and was struck by the fact that nowhere in their commentary, notice he didn't say news, he said commentary, uh, did they mention that Joseph, Jojo Rosenbaum, who was uh, one of the two men killed by Rittenhouse, was a convicted child rapist. Now, the first thing when I hear a convicted child rapist I'm thinking, why the hell was he out of prison? Why was he not put away forever? 
if you're convicted of raping a child, you should never see the light of day again. And I don't care what the ACLU, if the ACLU says that's cruel and unusual, okay, fine, it's cruel and unusual. Uh, once the guy's appeals are done, put a bullet in the back of the son of a bitch's head. How's that? That's what should happen to child rapist. To hell with him, literally, to hell. But he had just been released from a psychiatric ward the day he was killed in the Kenosha riot. <clears throat> Sounds like a real winner. Uh, Rosenbaum was a hardened criminal who spent more than a decade in Arizona prisons. He was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and after he showed up on the third night of rioting in downtown Kenosha, immediately confronted the armed men guarding the used car lot. There were some, I guess, militia men, and they were there guarding property so it wouldn't be looted and destroyed. Of course, the media would paint them as racist and, and dangerous, I'm sure, because people who stop violent protesters from, from destroying property are somehow the bad guy now. But anyway, he that's where he first met up with uh, Cal Rittenhouse. And basically what he was doing, if you go to the link at the other McCain there, uh, Julio Rojas has a little... Uh, has a tweet there with the audio of uh, Joseph Rosenbaum, uh, sawed-off little bastard that he was, uh, basically challenging uh, the militiamen. He kept saying, shoot me, nigga, shoot me, nigga, shoot, uh, again, over and over. Uh, unfortunately, uh, well, actually, fortunately, he didn't have to wait too long to, to get his wish. Because ultimately he attacked Rittenhouse and was shot and killed. And now he's not being a little pretend tough guy anymore or raping children. So that's a good thing. Now, the media, I'm sure, would say, well, well, he was a, a victim. He's not on trial here. We shouldn't rape. Why not? The claim of self-defense would be substantiated by this guy's behavior, this guy's record as being a very violent person. You have audio and video of him taunting armed people who, by the way, just all walk by him and just look at him like, whatever, whatever, loser, uh, because he's insignificant. And he's what every little pretend tough guy who ever had a few too many Jim Beam and Cokes when I was 19, 20, growing up and partying with friends, and you'd have some jackass show up for some reason. That wanted to fight everybody once he got a little bit of liquid courage in him. He's the same little agitating type of person. Or, excuse me, was. <clears throat> now, the other McCain reported on this. And also that Anthony Huber uh, was a felon as well. The media has left us alone. The media really doesn't want Kyle Rittenhouse to be acquitted. They were on MSNBS kind of bemoaning the fact that the trial's not going well. They're probably not going to get a conviction of Kyle Rittenhouse. And I hope they don't because the kid, I wouldn't have put myself in that situation. He shouldn't have put himself in that situation. That was foolish. But that doesn't mean you lose your right to self-defense. Now, at the time, the other McCain, this was August 30th of last year, he summarized it this way. <clears throat> it was, of course, Andy No, 
who first reported Rosenbaum's sex offender status and no further reported that both of the other two rioters shot by Kyle Rittenhouse also had criminal records. Anthony Huber, 26, who attacked Rittenhouse with a skateboard and was fatally shot. Uh, And let me tell you what, getting attacked by a person with a skateboard, that'll take you out quick. You get smacked in the head with that thing and there's a good chance you ain't uh, you are out and dead to the world, uh, and then you're at the mercy of whoever is attacking you violently. But uh, Huber, or Huber, however he pronounced it, his name, has a criminal history that includes charges of battery and repeat domestic abuse. Again, he beat up family members, probably a woman. What a winner. What an absolute hero, right? Uh, but the media is not going to tell you this because that would paint the p- three men who attacked Rittenhouse and got their ass shot for it, and rightly so, deserve to get shot because that backs up all kind of things the media hates. Self-defense, the right to keep and bear arms, the right to defend yourself, the, uh, the task of actually reporting all the news that's relevant, not just cherry-picking like our media does because social justice can't stand on its own so the media has to come prop the uh, lies of that up uh gage grosskreutz uh grosskreutz perhaps i don't know if i slaughtered that name or not 26 who was seen on video pointing a pistol at rittenhouse before being wounded in the arm uh, rittenhouse shot and hit his arm uh but the guy literally had the the pistol, not not very very close to uh, to Rittenhouse's face. Uh, Gage Grosskreutz again is a member, or I guess was a member, of the People's Revolution Movement. You might have never heard of him till I read this uh, last year. I had never heard of him, and he has a criminal record that includes being intoxicated and armed with a gun. Uh, drunk in public, you might say. Dusty Rhodes would have said he was drunk in public. But with a firearm, that's a totally different animal. And that's extremely dangerous, obviously. And the other McCain at the time asked this question. Let's ask what should be an obvious question, he wrote. What are the odds that a guy opens fire at a mass gathering and all three of the people he shoots turn out to have violent criminal records. Doesn't this tell you something about who is engaging in these mostly peaceful protests? That, of course, the media's most egregious lie was that it was all peaceful. You remember, was it Velshi from MSNBS, buildings on fire behind him? Well, uh, mostly peaceful protest here, uh, back to you in the studio. Uh, I'm going to continue to stick my head up my ass and pretend to be a journalist. Uh, These facts were known and widely reported in local media. Again, local media. In addition to conservative websites. But if all you know about the news is what you get from CNN, MSNBS, you don't know these things. Again, they don't cover the story fully. They give you the information they want that paints the narrative they want you to see, and there you go. And then they hide behind the the shield of, we're the media. 
We're the journalists. You've got to trust us. We'll tell you the truth. At least the truth they want you to know or want you to believe. Uh, Perhaps, McCain wrote, the media think they are justified in ignoring Rosenbaum's heinous criminal history because they don't want to, quote, blame the victim. Uh, But Jojo Rosenbaum was the aggressor in the incident. He attacked Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse didn't pursue him. None of the militia members did. He attacked him. He probably saw somebody who, uh, you know, kind of a baby face, not the biggest guy, uh, only 17. He probably saw somebody he thought he could take in a fight. Because the, the larger people, he kind of, whatever he said to them, they just walked by and looked at him like he was, you know, something that uh, when a bird poops on you or something, when a bird poops on you or something, you get something like him on your shoulder. Uh, and you show a show disgust at him, but you pretty much ignore him. He was the aggressor. He attacked Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse then defended himself. And Rittenhouse's defense on these charges are what? Self-defense. You think the media with their agenda is going to uh, going to uh, report that? Of course not. Of course not. Again, all the information, all the news, they want you to see my friends that's crucial mccain writes to understanding what kyle rittenhouse did why did he shoot he was attacked the man i believe tried to take his firearm away but social media companies have joined the effort to suppress this crucial fact Uh, banning anyone who defends rittenhouse in a now banned youtube video from august of 2020 Analyzing the then-available evidence, one commentator explained how uh, Rosenbaum got himself shot to death. He wrote, that's the ultimate play a stupid game, win a stupid prize. You're running, chasing someone down. The person you're chasing has a rifle. What do you expect? In other words, he was chasing the kid. The kid's trying to get away. If Rittenhouse was an aggressor, he would have stood his ground to begin with. No, it took the guy catching up to him and trying to take his rifle. That's when he shot. That's why he got shot. That's why Rosenbaum ceased to exist anymore, which I think was a good thing for everybody involved. But what do you expect? Again, that's self-defense. That, uh, I guess Facebook might call that misinformation. Uh, which, of course, they decide what is misinformation or not. <clears throat> the Mc- other McCain continues, everything we've learned about the case since then only confirms the verdict I delivered at the time. Listen closely. Common sense time, folks. No one would have gotten shot had it not been for the aggressive stupidity of convicted sex offender Jojo Rosenbaum. Once he had collected his stupid prize, the rest of the rioting mob decided they should join in that stupid game of chasing the guy with a rifle who probably looked scared because he was scared because he should have been scared. Anthony Huber and Gage Grosscoats didn't know what happened, i.e. that Rittenhouse had shot Rosenbaum in self-defense, and they chased Rittenhouse in the belief that the teenager was attempting to flee when, in fact, Rittenhouse was trying to get back to where the police were <clears throat> to turn himself in 
tell him what had happened, and protect himself, obviously. He didn't want to shoot anybody. He was running to the police. He wasn't going to run to the police and then turn around and start shooting people chasing him. <coughs> he was, in other words, seeking safety for himself. <clears throat> this all occurred during a breakdown of law and order, a riot in which Huber and Grosskreutz were participants, which had overwhelmed the ability of police in Kenosha. There were no police in the vicinity of the intersection of Sheridan Road and 63rd Street, where the criminal maniac Rosenbaum attacked Rittenhouse. This morning, McCain continues, I turned the TV over to MSNBS and Morning Joe is full of hand-wringing about the prosecution's failure. In this case, they're literally trying to play the race card, saying that Rittenhouse would have been treated differently if he were black. <clears throat> but there were no element of race. There was no element of race in the case. All three people who got shot by Rittenhouse were white. Rittenhouse is white. A lot of whiteness there and in each incident Rittenhouse fired in self-defense and it's on video uh, in America everybody has a right of armed self-defense that's in the Constitution you know and while MSNBS audiences may not realize it black defendants are often acquitted or never face charges in similar cases but of course the media doesn't report that because it's not part of the narrative they want to forward McCain continues, if I've got a gun and you get shot after you attack me, it doesn't matter that you were unarmed in the attack. That's how the Second Amendment, <clears throat> right to bear arms, helps to prevent violence. You're less likely to be assaulted if your would-be attacker has to consider the possibility that his attack may result in his own death. What happened in Kenosha, however, was that Jojo Rosenbaum, who I remind you had just gotten out of a psych ward that morning, did not behave as any sane person would behave. Like if you or I happened to find ourselves in the middle of a riot, our first impulse was, would be to get someplace safe. If during the hypothetical scenario we encountered someone with an AR-15, the last thing we would have done, because we are not crazy, would be to shoot a shout obscene threats, charge after them, and try to grab their rifle. And then he notes this. The other McCain said, oh, by the way, did I mention that Jojo Rosenbaum was crazy? Uh, Rosenbaum's fiance, Carrianna Swart, he had a fiance, convicted child rapist, crazier than a freaking raccoon on crack. And he's got a, a, uh, uh, a fiance. What a winner she must be. Uh, testified Friday that Rosenbaum had been released from a hospital the day of his death and was dropped off in downtown Kenosha. <laughs> Here you go. You just got the loony bin. Here's a place there's going to be a riot and violent protests and thugs everywhere. Get out. Although it is not being shared with the jury, Rosenbaum had been in the hospital for mental health treatment after a suicide attempt. In her testimony, Swart said Rosenbaum walked to the hotel where she was staying. Uh, the couple had been homeless during portions of their relationship and at one point living in a tent, uh, but had recently been staying in a hotel room. She estimated it would have taken Rosenbaum an hour to walk from the transit center where he had been dropped off by the hospital uh, personnel to her hotel. 
She said, we were talking about things we needed to work on in our relationship. Yeah, like not being in a psych ward and not raping children, perhaps. I don't know. <sighs> Unbelievable. She said she, he seemed excited and happy and was talking about changes he wanted to make in his life. When he left, he said he would see me in the morning. Not shared with the jury was why Rosenbaum, who had bipolar disorder, was not able to say he was swart. He was out on bond for domestic battery. What do you want to bet that's for beating her up? And had no, uh, no contact order with swart. Oh, did I see that one coming? She told him to stay away from the air where they had been riding. I did explain to him that things had gotten bad the last few days because he had not been in town of the last few days. And I did tell him explicitly not to go downtown. Well, you tell a crazy person who's already beat you up who you have a protective order against, yet you're still talking to him for some stupid reason. You tell a crazy loon like that not to go downtown. You know what they're going to do. They're going to go downtown. He was out on bond for domestic battery. Violent person. Do you think anyone watching CNN or MSNBS knows any of this other McCain asks? Certainly they're not going to get it from CNN or MSNBS. As I have previously said, no one would have gotten shot that night if not for Rosenbaum's deranged behavior. Rosenbaum was out on bond for beating his girlfriend and violated a no-contact order by going to see her after he got out of the psych ward. That's a recipe for trouble, folks. She explicitly warned him to stay away from the riot downtown, but uh, JoJo went there anyway. Maybe he just wanted to commit suicide in a different way. Uh, how many times have I told you, the other McCain asked, crazy people are dangerous. No one watching coverage of the Rittenhouse trial on MSNBS or CNN is going to learn these important facts about Rosenbaum, which are being excluded from the courtroom because they are not directly relevant to the legal question of Rittenhouse's guilt or innocence. But if the jury is not allowed to hear testimony on these matters, Rittenhouse didn't know anything about Rosenbaum and therefore could not have been a factor in his, his, his decision rather to pull the trigger. It is certainly crucial to understand the context of what happened that night. And context matters. The same authorities who allowed, quote, mostly peaceful protesters to take over the streets of Kenosha, the shootings happened on the third night of riots in the city, were also responsible for a criminal justice system that failed to keep Rosenbaum behind bars. For that matter, the pretext for this riot, the Kenosha police shooting of Jacob Blake, was further evidence of systemic failure by the authorities and you can go read it all the other mccain it's a lengthy piece and uh, well worth your read my friends well worth your read uh please go read it and uh just understand what the media is about the media is no longer about uh doing the right thing the media is about spinning what they want to spin and they want this kid convicted. They want this kid to become the first armed American of any real fame, I guess you'd say, uh, to take the fall for simply defending their life. And uh, to me, it's, it's an open and shut case. I think there will be acquittal after acquittal after acquittal for him. 
I don't see any jail time for Rittenhouse, and there shouldn't be. Again, he made some stupid decisions to be in that place, in my view. I certainly wouldn't have been there. But he had noble intentions, and you know what? Just because you acted idiotically or were in a place you probably should have thought it out and not been, you still have a right to defend your life, according to our Constitution and the the. The creator above, which gave us our natural rights, which certainly includes self-defense. So uh, I just don't see Rittenhouse getting convicted. And uh, the bad thing is the media after this, if he's acquitted, the media will now continue the story of lawlessness and another gun-toting Trump-supporting nut getting away with murder. And they will continue to paint the three people... uh, He shot, two of which are no longer with us, uh, as victims and not uh, violent perpetrators who earned the bullets they got. That's it for me, my friends. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. God bless you. Morning, noon, night, whenever you listen, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. I'm back now doing these. They should be okay. We'll see. I still have some computer issues uh, with, uh, with my other laptop the little bit bigger one and the newer one that, uh, well, uh, the jackass at Best Buy, not real great customer service. Uh, But uh, anyway, after a wasted 50-mile trip to Best Buy, uh, I'm back home with the same two computers and I'm working with HP, I'm going to call them later, uh, and get through maybe the rest of the headache of of trying to, to... let them have access to the computer. I kept getting cut off in chat yesterday about three or four times. And again, the problem with people who do work on computers and really, really know them like these people, they tend to go so fast that I get lost. I don't, I don't know that much as they do. So it can be pretty frustrating. I just got stressed out yesterday and didn't want to do it anymore after driving a hundred mile round trip and, and getting the kind of crappy treatment from the Best Buy punk. But anyway, uh, thank you for everything, my friends. Good night. Good morning. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Remember the three golden rules of life. If you're left, you just ain't right and never will be. God bless America. Go Gators. And uh, get a new coach, Gators. Or, you know what? After thinking over, maybe we just need to really hammer down the need for a little bit better recruiting and uh, getting a defensive coordinator that actually will inspire these kids. There are some good ones available, and uh, money's no issue for us. So go get a really de- good defensive coach. Uh, Mullen, do a little bit better on recruiting. The numbers actually aren't that bad. This year they're bad for some reason in recruiting. Who knows why that is? Uh, but the other three years under Mullen, pretty good recruiting. Uh, a couple top tens on a number 12, not below our normal standards under Spurrier and, and people like that and uh, uh, Urban Meyer. But you know what? We've had bad coaches that recruited great. We need to take care of the recruiting part also. God bless you. Good night again. Thank you for the patience with the intermittent delivery of these. I think everything's good now. I'm going to do my best to make damn sure I do one every day, except Saturday. God bless you, my friends. Take care. I'm going to shut up now, I promise.
God bless you.